Hello and welcome back to Podcasts from the Edge with me, Peter Bruce. I normally say around here that I use these podcasts to find out what might be going on around me, but this might be the first time I really mean it. We're going to talk to an entrepreneur about medical aids or medical assistance and medical services and how in the face of really vast poverty in South Africa and a growing wealth cap with all its attendant problems, some way can be found to offer care to poorer people who can't just slip in to the local GP with a sore throat because it's simply not affordable. I've known Randa Norta for a while. He's wildly energetic and driven and sometimes even exhausting. He comes out of what you might call the Stellenbosch School of Enterprise, although he may not sit quite at the top of the pile, not yet anyway. Norta, or Dr. Norta, I should say, because he cracked medical school, but he's a businessman. What he's found he's good at is building networks of GPs, doctors, and then finding them networks of patients. His first venture, which you may remember, was called Care Cross Health. And like all good business ideas, it was bought by a bigger fish, in this case, Momentum. Instead of lying back and enjoying the rewards of that, Norta has, with the help of African Rainbow Capital and Remgro, since built another business, National Healthcare, and another network of GPs and specialists, which directly or indirectly also work with some of the more recognizable names in medical aid. But the reason I want to talk to him is he's trying to start an arm of National Healthcare that could, in part, render unnecessary the angst and expense of watching the state slowly try to build its national health insurance, the NHI. Norta already has 3,000 doctors signed up around the country to provide care, if necessary, or advice to the patients he's now looking for. Those patients are going to come, he hopes, from big businesses, which currently don't have their 20,000 staff or so at Discovery Classic, and who, more often than not, provide little or no medical package at all because they're simply too expensive. But using technology and WhatsApp specifically, Nauta reckons that he can get your workers, particularly if you have lots of them, access to doctors and care and advice for less, in some cases, way less than 100 rand a month. Randa, thank you for joining me. I, I pay more than 5,000 rand a month. Uh, for my medical aid. How could you possibly do anything remotely like that for 100 rand a month? Hello, Peter. Yeah, thanks. First of all, we focus on primary care. And, and clearly, the schemes that you are on always also will offer tertiary and secondary care, okay. uh, which is obviously uh, linked to hospitals. But the, the, the big challenge in this country is how do I get my primary care sorted out? And the definition of primary care really, uh, at its most basic, is access to a doctor medication needed as the doctor needs to prescribe and often one or two uh, extra tests like a an x-ray or a blood test so if you start with that as the absolute minimum that we all need you can reduce the price substantially if you then add to that a very clever way of managing eliminating overuse um, often sick note fraud abuse uh, you get to prices that uh, you know that are hard to believe okay so it's primary care. I'm uh, the CEO of a large <clears throat> supermarket chain or a mining company. What can I do for my workers through you that I may not be doing already? So typically, you would have management, senior management, and, 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 a, and a select number of your lower income staff on a recognized medical scheme. You know, you've mentioned one there about 30 to choose from in South Africa. Some of them may also be on, on an insurance product that offers a similar stuff, and, and that, that is currently subject to the famous demarcation debate. 
But then 80% plus typically will only have access to healthcare via the state or out of their own pockets when they go to their own GPs. Hence, no real control, no real uh, accountability the way you would have in a normal medical aid uh, industry because the patient disappears off work. He either doesn't go to a state clinic or he does, but maybe a day too late. The state clinics, by and large, are suboptimal right now. Uh, you know, we, we intend to support the state rather than criticize them, but we know what happens in long queues in, in, in many of our provinces. You can go for something relatively minor and spend the entire day in a queue. Yeah, so what we've built is then, first of all, a network of GPs, and, and this comes from a long, uh, nearly 20 years in the industry, where, where the South African doctors are, are able to do, a, you know, to do a lot of basic healthcare, preventative as well as curative, for a relatively low amount of money if insurance aspects are not part of the pricing. So what we offer companies is to basically look at their patients within what we call a fee-for-service model. In other words, you only pay if your worker is sick. It's not an insurance product because insurance insures you against something of a, of a large calamity amount that could happen in the future. But when you look after low-cost episodes of high frequency, like your workers having flu, having a, a particular infection, having an abscess, et cetera, small things, then it's easy to price that. And instead of charging a company a fixed fee per member per month, you now simply bill them what they use, even though you may use some of the insurance calculations to get to your figures. So when we say, as you in your introduction said, it could be less than 100 rand and even more, it is indeed true. It could sometimes be 90 rand, sometimes 60 rand, depending on utilization. But from our experience, we know that it will hardly ever exceed 100. And as such, we're quite comfortable to sort of give the company a price. The caveat, however, is that the company has to pay. He can't really claim this from his workers because then he, in a, in a roundabout way, becomes a little medical aid or medical insurance because he's collecting premiums. So we give the company a budget. Uh, with the figures that you've mentioned, you can see that it's way and way less than what companies, in a way, already su uh, support their staff with on the 50-50 basis that most of them do. Uh, in other words, I offer you one of three or four schemes. If you join, I will pay half, you will pay half. But mostly up to 80% of staff can't even afford their half. And hence, this model uh, could be a major breakthrough in the impasse that we've seen for the last 20 years on this topic. So when you walk into a CEO's office, and what is it exactly that you're offering him? I mean, what's the deal? So the deal is a product, but in, in the product, and I must explain that, there is some small print. So when you join this particular option, and we call it uh, uh, the MediClub Connect, the worker will be connected via a WhatsApp to a doctor or a nurse, and that serves as a triage. So he will not be able to simply walk to the nearest doctor. He will be directed to the nearest doctor via a nurse or doctor that has just screened him before he can do so. Now, that essentially eliminates all possibility of any form of abuse, fraud, sick note uh, abuse. And also, it takes away the excuse by any worker that he couldn't get to a doctor because everybody can WhatsApp. And even if you don't have a cell phone, you can still use somebody else's phone to WhatsApp. The system is built so that it's linked to your, your, your identity, not your device. And suddenly, in a way, the, the way you would have needed a car to go to a doctor, suddenly you only now need a device to get to a nurse or a doctor who will then hear you out and, in, in a lot of cases, direct you to your nearest doctor, one of the 3,000 I've just mentioned earlier. 
Now, that product gives suddenly everyone in this particular company's um, uh, 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 employee pool the, the exact same access to the same doctors that the boss is having access to. To give you an example, if you have uh, take the town of Stellenbosch, there's maybe uh, seven GPs, five of them are contracted to us. The exact same doctors that the CEO of the famous companies go to will now have a, uh, an access point directed by us for his lowest income staff. So in, in one foul swoop, you have complete equity and equality in terms of access to doctors. Now, that was not really previous possible. Uh, COVID completely necessitated it because there was a time, you may remember a year ago, that even if you wanted to go to the doctor, you couldn't because nobody wanted to see anyone. And that, in a way, led us to the solution. So the CEO is now paying, let's say, 90 rand a pop uh, for his staff, uh, the majority of his staff to be, to be members of the, of the MediClub. Um, they make a WhatsApp, send a WhatsApp message to a number which is answered by a nurse or a doctor. Exactly. And, and after two or three interactions, a direction to a local doctor is made. However, as we know... Or, or, or not, as the case may be. Completely. Uh, as we know, most of the reasons why we want to go to the doctor is we have an unwell feeling and we need to make sure that this is something that needs a doctor. Now, for that, we go to the doctor. And once we're there, you know, you, you've lost opportunity to self-medicate or to have a, a nurse or a doctor advise you what to do. And for many, many primary care diseases, we don't really need... Uh, physically, the doctor or medication. Uh, however, uh, with a, a, a very sound uh, doctor on the line, very quickly the seriousness of this will make him direct you to a real doctor. We then empower that doctor to also take an x-ray or a blood test, all very expensive things, all in the private sector, in order to have his diagnosis uh, you know, uh, confirmed. And then every pharmacy in South Africa has been contracted by us to provide medication uh, as prescript of, of this doctor. So now, is the company paying for any of this stuff for the for the visit to the doctor? In other words, it's paying its sub to you, but is it is this costing the company any more? The visit to the doctor, the visit to the chemist, everything that I've just mentioned comes out of his ninety rand. So, and his ninety rand on top of it all is not completely paid over to us. There is what we call simply an admin fee, a clearing fee of about fifty rand, and then the rest of the money is held in trust. Because keep in mind what I said earlier, this is not a medical aid or an insurance company. So we don't collect monies and hope that no one claims and we have an underwriting profit. This is his money that he will either need to top up, which we guarantee if you won't, or there will be a surplus. And at the end of the year, as we've seen with our current companies, the surpluses are often employed to add to the benefits, to add maybe to certain chronic... So the he, he, being the C, he being the CEO in this case. Exactly. He will say, okay, we've got a bit of money in the kitty. Why don't we also cover... Uh, you know, uh, women fertility or women uh, health or a health day focus on HIV or whatever the case may be. So, so the patient, the patient is going to go and he's going to sit next to, he's going to be a forklift truck driver from a lumber mill or somewhere and or checkers and he's going to be, he'll meet in the doctor's waiting room, he'll sit next to one of your investors, Yanni Durant, also from Stellenbosch. And they'll have a chat, and Yanni will go in to the doctor, and he will he will have his consultation and pay the doctor's normal rate. Does the does the company and and the forklift truck driver then go in go in next 
Does he pay the same right or have you negotiated a deal with the doctors? First of all, uh, the CEO of the company is highly likely on one of the big schemes. All those schemes have their fees that most of the doctors have agreed to, to a certain degree. So there's a very good chance that the CEO will walk in and it's all done and he goes home and he doesn't even know whether, whether there was a cost to the, to the issue. Uh, so, so uh, and also, you know, you don't pay the doctor. So at reception, these accounts are being dealt with and they are typically electronically mailed via various uh, data interchange houses to their respective medical schemes. For us, it's exactly the same. So when our guy goes in, the doctor sees him, prescribes certain drugs. He, the doctor, however, knows that not all drugs, uh, you know, that are available are, are on our list because clearly we have a very strictly managed list. The, the, the drug list, however, is completely uh, sufficient based on the World Health Organization's essential drug list. So there are no shortcuts, really. Uh, and then, but he won't have to pay anything. He would then take his script, go to the local pharmacy, and here we talk on all the big chain pharmacies, Discam, Clicks, et cetera, et cetera, and he will get his medicine. Should the doctor have written a drug there that is not on our list, the pharmacy, like they would do with all other medical aids, will substitute that drug to the more corrected priced one. Yeah, a, gener a generic. Exactly. There are a whole lot of questions that are going through my mind. What if, the, what if our patient, our forklift truck driver, is actually seriously ill. He has, you know, pancreatic cancer or something. Um, at which stage does he part company uh, from what you can do for him or what the company can do for him? No, that's, a, that's obviously a of an important question. So first of all, the patient who has now direct access to the doctor will in all likelihood have his dread disease diagnosed months you know, if not years before, he would have otherwise, for all the obvious reasons, because he can go to the doctor tomorrow and he doesn't have to sit in various clinics, where, which is often only manned by nurses, etc. So as soon as a, a dread disease has been diagnosed, as we call it, he's, he's out of our financial loop. But the good news is he's now with a doctor that knows exactly what's going on, that can write a letter to the Stellenbosch Provincial Hospital or to uh, any any hospital that is part of the state and say, please look at this patient. These are my concerns and, uh, and please take him on. Now that, that alone is, is, a, is worth, it's worth in gold because without that, you just wouldn't get there. And, and you, you know, you hear of someone having a, a advanced colon cancer and you wonder how did that happen? And that, I think that's a critical aspect of our product. You're not trying to replace the uh, public health service. But you can take, if this were to work, you could take a real load of it, couldn't you? I think primary care recognized internationally as the, the most important part of care because there you prevent and you cure before it gets to bad. So for, for the state to do that, uh, and it's completely overburdened with that, uh, we, we take that load off them. So in theory, if you look at the South African population of roughly 60 million, you know, about 10 to 15 have medical aid cover. And then what's left of the sort of 40 million, let's assume half of them have some form of income. If that half alone can be taken out of the state and back into private sector, not only will it do wonders for the private sector, but it will also give the state the opportunity to focus on secondary and tertiary care, which really is what they should do, because those are the more expensive and difficult to manage cases. Um, so, yes, you know, we, we, we see ourselves as complementing the, the aims, uh, obviously, completely. But definitely, um, you know, we need each other. There's no doubt about that. What are you selling to the CEO, I guess, is what I wanted to ask. I mean, are you going to go, go in there and say, look, 
I can add, you know, because if he's not providing any kind of medical assistance to his staff, why should he start now? Simply because you've had this good idea. I mean, what's your, how do you persuade somebody to spend more money than they already are? I think it's common cause that companies are searching for a solution for their low-income workers. There's not a single HR manager that says, look, I'm very happy that uh, the boss pays between five and 10 a month, but the chap that only earns between five and 10 a month, we, we're not going to worry about um, there is, there is, there are no such HR department. So we, we've always been searching, and prices have come down for these type of products. However, at this level that we are now, sub 100 rand for for a remarkable chunk of the primary care. And what I mean is, we, what we do not cover is maybe also important. We don't do dentistry, we don't do optometry, and we don't do chronic illnesses because those you can't immediately calculate. We have products that cover them, and quite a few customers have bought those. And then, obviously, we're talking 200 rand and not 100 rand, which is still cheap. But the, the big thing for the company boss is this is one way to have, give his worker dignity and access to healthcare. The second thing is it's for his own company's good that he now has control over absenteeism, sick note fraud, and, and just the loyalty to the company that has given their lower income staff the same access that everybody else has. And then what I throw in as a third option is to say, if you do this, your workers looked after, your company's looked after, but South Africa is in dire need of this because NHI is a very tall order for any, any government, but it's a very accurately positioned political statement. You can't not actually do this as a government, but to implement it is virtually impossible. And here we can help. So, so you sort of cover three major aspects of, your, uh, of, of, of the South African scenario. What about, keeping to the sort of South African theme, um, uh, people who employ very small groups of people, like, you know, um, a, a gardener and a, a housekeeper, let's say, you know, would they be able to, you know, do they, would they be able to put their staff on such a scheme? Look, what, what's interesting, the two of the major banks in the country, and I won't mention their names yet, are busy uh, assisting us in this. Because when you have a 100 rand product that you can then package in a, insurance package, then suddenly it, it'll become more, it'll become 130, but that, that thing would be for the individual. So the company, us as a company, started off by saying, how do we solve for big companies? They have the biggest challenge. Small companies like your housekeeper, you know, for you to put her on a product of 220 rand a month is completely doable. But when you multiply that yeah. by a thousand, suddenly the HR and the FD say, wait a minute, this, this is getting a bit, you know, and, and I think we, yeah. we, we have answers for that as well, but slightly different. And we're going to do that in conjunction with uh, hopefully uh, major banks that are interested in also solving for their customers. And, and Randa, what, what's, tell us about what sort of quality of customer has sort of bitten and who have you got? Who have you got on board so far? So mostly smaller companies. I think our biggest one, uh, Hungry Lion, about 3,000 employees. But then we have uh, nearly a hundred. Just tell me what is what is Hungry Line again? I forget. They are uh, they are a franchise in the uh, in the chicken uh, fast food industry, all over South Africa and also Africa. Um, and then we have customers that this are, is Adrian Basson's uh, um, company. I think, exactly. I exactly. Yeah. Um, so have you spoken to his dad? I have indeed. I mean, you could, <laughs> but he's retired <laughs> now. So. <laughs> well, you could get imagine getting Shoprite on board. I think the, the shop rights and the pick and pays and the releases, they are companies that uh, are looking at their actuaries and health actuaries and saying, listen, where do we find our final answer? Because they've all got their senior people covered, uh, often at high cost. And, and so I think 
the, the, the floodgates will open because uh, we have two big reasons why you should do this. One is it's not actually going better at state sector. You know, it's not like the state clinics in Pumalanga are, are being rebuilt and having new doctors every day. It's the opposite. So there's a bit of a push. How do we get our guys into the into private GPs? And then also there is the pull of at last we can now afford it. Um, but then we have another 100,000 odd patients on various other products. So the, the GP doesn't really know that a medical patient is not necessarily a medical aid patient. We, from a GP's perspective, he sees our patients as people that have got health care cover. And that ensures that there's no discrimination in quality. How have you recruited these people? What's your pitch to the doctor? You, you knock on the door, it's Dr. Smith uh, or Dr. Nkosi. And what do you say to them? Look, I think... The, the, the practices are not all over full with patients. There's a lot of people that have left the medical aids, so they go far less. So we bring them a whole new stream of patients and startup doctors, younger doctors, it takes them a while to get into practice. So we offer them a good fee. You know, it's, not a, it's not a fee that's unacceptable. Uh, it, it's, it's acceptable to most GPs. And those that are in completely upmarket areas, obviously, we wouldn't contract. Uh, it's, it's a similar concept, I suppose, we sometimes say, as, as Capitec would have been to low-income people. You know, you position the product so that those that had no access before can now access it. And, um, and it's a model with innovation using the WhatsApp component and using other aspects, uh, a little mobile app, etc., to help educate patients and to, uh, in that way, ensure that costs can't blow away. I'm now the forklift truck driver. Um, I've got a sore throat. I get up my phone or I borrow a phone from my mate and I WhatsApp a phone number, which is given to me by uh, my employer. Uh, one of your people is going to answer my WhatsApp message and say, you know, what's the matter? I'm going to say, I've got a sore throat. They're going to decide then whether to, they'll ask me a couple of questions. Have you goggled or something like that? Um, uh, how quickly do they decide if I have goggled and it hasn't worked, how quickly do they decide that I've got to go and see somebody? In other words, how much, you know, is, is this going to be a torturous thing for people or is it going to really work smoothly? And, and You know, normally within two minutes from the fact that you WhatsApp that yeah. number and said, I'm ill, or you don't say anything because it's actually yeah. a robot initially. You know, the original, ro it simply says, welcome to national healthcare. And then we have the two big options. Do you have you have need for a trauma number, uh, even things yeah. like debt collection? And uh, and, then, and then if that's the case, we give you that. But mostly, obviously, you want to talk to a doctor. The doctor then communicates with you, a real one, via WhatsApp once or twice. It will then verify that you are part of the scheme by simply asking you, would you work for yeah. what's your number? And there are a few ways, so it's, it's uncomplicated. If the question is, is an obvious one that worries us, then... Um, for example, your sore throat, you know, now we're thinking COVID, everyone thinks COVID and we're not going to waste more time and we'll refer you to a GP. Uh, uh, we will then take it on from there. Uh, some cases, the doctor, uh, the nurse refers to the doctor on the phone, our own doctor and our own nurse. And it, it, it is one of those cases where you can say, look, I think this is what it is, but phone me back tomorrow. And all of that is still basically for free because you don't have to go yeah. to a real doctor yeah. immediately. So our referral rate is very, very in line with all international practices for this. Can you be referred directly to a pharmacy? You can. At this stage, um, we, we, you know, we don't send scripts over the phone yet, but uh, that would be a typical advice. Uh, take two panados and see if you get better. But that's an unlikely one. Mostly, 
you get through to the doctor. And uh, if you really need medication, it, it's done via the doctor that's examined you. Randy, I just want to ask you a last question. If you, you know, if you have somebody from the Department of Health or the state or the ANC or the government or whatever listening in and, you, and you're seeing, you know, sort of bright ideas uh, here, what do you do about unemployed people who don't work for companies, who have no representation, who are simply recipients, if they're lucky, of welfare? Because um, uh, that's obviously the big, that's obviously, the, you know, and a growing problem. I mean, we've got a lot of unemployed people here. How can you do anything for them? I mean, can you, once again, we're just talking primary care, as you, you know, you made clear at the start. Can, you know, is there, is there could, the, could the state as their act as their employer, for instance, um, and provide them with 90 rands worth of this kind of cover a month, for instance? In, in theory, obviously, they could, because we would simply see them as someone directing patients in our way. However, the, the challenge in the employed sector is so huge that if we can just get that done first, you know, the rest will follow. But um, yeah, I, I think we're a, we're a normal company. We're not a, you know, we're a for-profit company with strong shareholders, but they have a long, a, a long view and, uh, and the horizon is far for us to complete our, uh, uh, let's call it, attempt to really sign up millions of people. Yeah. But yeah. however, um, you know, the state's always welcome as a, as a customer, similar to what it would be with any other private supplier. I mean, I wasn't really assuming that the entire country would be would go through your your business, but I would assume that if this were to work and be seen to work, um, other uh, copycat ideas or lookalikes would would uh, would crop up and offer the same sort of service if they if they they could, particularly you know to the state, which would uh, have its own way, I guess, of choosing which providers to use. Um, but it's a it's a remarkably um, uh, and that's where I just distrust myself and 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 I still feel a little confused about how you know how this could possibly be a profitable enterprise for a company like yours. Maybe that's the question to end it. How do you make money out of this? I think it's a classical bottom of the pyramid model. So no one's making money out of the division currently that signs up people at these low rates. But these are, you know, at four or a five rand per member per month. And when you have your millions, it will come. Our other products currently carry us. We have normal products that are more expensive. We, we have higher, uh, you know, uh, value products. But this is the entry level that we see there's no excuse left not to sign up for. And uh, once you have your big numbers, you know, there are add-ons to sell into those parties uh, that can help as well. So it's, it's, it's a long play um, but we're extremely optimistic because the need is is really beyond words and you and you're knocking on doors every day yeah i think here and there the the, the, the oaks are knocking at our doors now because people see what what we do the take-ons can't be happening in, in in the hundreds of thousands so we grow very patiently and slowly and make sure that our it stays abreast uh, the fortunate thing is that whatsapp is a beautiful tool because it can cope with any number and our support here is ClickerTel, a company that does these messagings. And so we have fantastic uh, capability to grow fast. Uh, and our GPs, 3,000 of them, you know, when we need more, uh, we'll, 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 you know, when we get there, um, we'll recruit more. Yeah, well, uh, see, I told you he was clever. Thanks, Randa, for coming on to uh, Podcast from the Edge. And thank you for listening. I'll be back next week with another interesting guest. And in the meantime, keep safe, keep your distance. Pay no attention to the crazies who don't want you vaccinated. Bye-bye.